Hello everyone, this is Art Gelwicks, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Being Productive. Now each episode we explore concepts, techniques, and tools that will help you work less and accomplish more. Now since we're trying to be efficient as well as effective, let's go ahead and get started. All right, so I'm going to do another talk here. And this time, I'm going to open up the door to anybody who wants to join in. Here's the premise. If you are running a business, small business, medium business, large business, well, let's say not so much large business, but small business, solopreneur, side hustle, not a fan of the term, but it seems to have context, or small business you are probably using some tools or thinking about some tools to make life easier, to help things execute through, to be able to go through and get some stuff done. So what I wanna do is I wanna open the doors up to some people and see what you're using. Now, in true transparency, I'll start with myself. I use a number of different tools to make my business run. Uh, I am primarily a solo shop. If I need to work with other people, I usually will contract with them. I have done that specifically because that's the way I operate best and that's the way I want to operate. Now, with that in mind, I need to basically replace what would be people with the digital equivalent to get things accomplished. So one of the first things I have to do is I have to organize all the stuff that's going on. I use primarily three tools to organize all the things that are going on in my business. One is an application called Notion, which is a web-based application. Second is an application called SharePoint, that if you've ever done any work in the corporate space, you may have heard of SharePoint. It's a Microsoft-based, web-based application. And third, is another Microsoft tool called OneNote, which is a note-taking tool. Now, I'll dig into why I use all of those, but the real premise is, is to provide that center of knowledge information outside of my head. Anybody who runs a business, and we all deal with this if we do, there's a fire hose of information coming at us all the time. There's things to accomplish, there's notes on different activities, there's client contact information, there's marketing information, yada, 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 tons of stuff. And there's no way to keep it all in your head. If you're trying, you're wasting energy. Don't do that to yourself. Don't try to suffer that way. Using tools to help you get that out of your head to capture things becomes a critical part of running a business because you're not wasting cycles trying to remember things you don't need to when you need those cycles to be able to accomplish actual work. So those are the first core set of tools to, that I use to manage. I use a couple of tools for my financials. I use a tool called FreshBooks, which is designed to track my accounting, my time billing, send out invoices. Why do I use that tool? One, it's simple. Two, it's designed for very small business or solopreneurs. Um, three, it's very easy to use, it's mobile friendly, and four, that's one of the parts of business I like to deal with as little as possible. I have been doing consulting work for 
decades now. I've filled out more timesheets than I ever want to fill out again. And being able to simplify and streamline that part of my business means that one, I can get paid for the work that I'm doing. But second, it means that it doesn't become that rock in my shoe every day of wondering how I'm going to make this stuff work. Those two parts are big ones. Those are kind of the admin pieces to my business. From the marketing side, and this is one of the things that everybody who runs a business should be thinking about is part of your business is about generating revenue. Part of your business is around creating new business, creating new connections, reaching out. There's a model from the marketing and sales world called ADA, A-I-D-A, Awareness, Interest, Desire, and Action. I'm a huge advocate of that model because I think it helps us get a framework around how do we engage with people. If you're running your own business, you need to have that ADA model in motion so that people are aware of your existence and what you do, that you can help them develop an interest in what you have to offer, that they develop a desire to engage with you, and that they know how to take action to have that engagement. Well, a lot of that, especially nowadays, social media focused, very visual focused, I'm an okay graphic designer, not fantastic, I, I passable. So finding tools that make my life easier on that piece where I can produce content very quickly are really important. So from a marketing standpoint, there's a tool I use called Canva. It's a great design application, lots of templates, very easy to use. Again, web-based makes it very convenient. But you, I think you can start to see where I'm going with this. I'm looking for tools and I'm identifying tools that fill roles within my business. And if I didn't have those, I would have to fill those roles. Uh, scheduling, managing our calendars is one of the hardest things that a solopreneur or an entrepreneur has to deal with because our calendars are always chaotic. Uh, there's always multiple demands being pulled on it. And now, if you go to someone, you say, hey, let's talk at such and such a time. Let's talk in such and such a place. Oh, now I got to find a slot in my calendar. You have to do the calendar tango, a back and forth to finally find a spot. But there's tools to do that. I use a tool called Calendly that allows me to connect this tool to my calendar and say, okay, you can't, you person out there who wants to talk to me, you can't actually see my calendar, but what I'm gonna let you see are all the open spots on my calendar that I will let you reach out to me on. And you can choose it at your convenience. Find a slot that works for you because I can guarantee that all the slots you're gonna see already work for me. Why is this a big deal? Why does this make it easy? Because I maintain control of my calendar. I can go in and say, well, I'm gonna only take meetings from say nine o'clock in the morning to four in the afternoon, and maybe on Fridays only till noon, because I want Fridays afternoon, Friday afternoons for admin and putting the week to bed. That type of a tool does the work of someone who would be responsible for managing my calendar. I'm 
digitally outsourcing, for lack of a better term. So I'm going to open this up for guests. I'm curious to hear what are you using if you're if you're running your own shop, running your own show, doing your own thing. What are the tools that you count on every day to act as if they were part of your virtual staff? Let's see if I can figure out how to do this. I'm going to tap a button, tap a button. Okay, I'm guessing I have this set up right. I'm not sure, uh, but we'll see. So as I continue down this thought process, and as we see if we get some other people to who want to share, and I'm not forcing anyone to share by any stretch. Uh, it's a big leap to get into these conversations. But let's talk about some of the other things that I have found that I use frequently. And there's an underlying requirement that I place on the virtual member, the digital members of my, st my staff. And that's that they be able to work on multiple devices. See, if I could show you a picture of my office right now, in front of me, I have four different screens, three different devices looking at four different applications at any given time. Why? Well, this is part of the critical structure of how I operate. I like to have things kind of running the way I need to interact with them at any given time. And that doesn't mean I have the same device at any given time. I want that flexibility and I need that flexibility to be able to interact with my information wherever I am. Now, we think a lot about, and we've heard a lot about within the business community right now, this the idea of remote work or work from home. I'm not a big fan of the term. When you talk to me about it, I'll use the term work anywhere because I believe that's the better way to think about it. But I need to wrap that in a little bit of understanding. Work anywhere does not mean that you should always work everywhere. Work anywhere means you should be able to work where you want to, when you want to, how you want to. That's a whole different yardstick. Now, when I look at tools based on that yardstick, if I decide that I want to work on maybe organizing my task list, and I have some idle time, maybe I'm standing in line at the grocery store, and I want to review that task list, I should be able to do it there. I should have that capability. Now, I'm not saying that's the best place to do it by any stretch. But if I choose to do it there, I should have that latitude. And that's a decision-making process when I look at the tools that I'm putting to use. There's a podcast I do very frequently called uh, Cross-Platform, where my co-host and I, we talk about using multiple different types of devices. But one of the underlining things we talk about all the time is understanding what you need to do first. And then second, understanding the capabilities of the tools you have in their ability to do what you defined in the first step. To simplify that down, think about what you have to do and what do your tools give you the ability to do to accomplish that. Now, a lot of times it becomes oversimplified. 
we think about, oh, I want to be able to do this, I want to be able to do that, I want to be able to maintain all my tasks across all my projects and all my clients in one spot. And while that sounds really good, when you boil it back down, you're going, man, do I want to deal with all of that at once? Maybe not. Maybe that doesn't work for you. And that's where you have to start to say, okay, what is going to function best for me operationally? Because I don't know of very many clients and very many customers who will go back and say, you know what, I don't want to work with you anymore because you don't organize your to-do list like I organize my to-do list. That's a pretty rare thing. Matter of fact, I don't think I've ever run into that. So how you operate internally is a very personal thing. And you have to take time to be introspective as to what functions best. This is where I struggle often with applications that are turnkey, by lack of a better term, that are defining a specific process or a specific methodology or following a particular path. And if you do this path and you do these steps, you will be successful. We know that never works. Sometimes it does, very rarely. But when it does, it's often because those starting paths are flexible enough that you can change the dynamic. You can go in and say, hmm, that's, that's kind of what I want to do, but I do it a little bit differently over here. And that methodology says, oh, sure, no problem. Go ahead and do that. When I coach clients and I work with people on trying to get themselves more productive, um, there isn't a particular methodology that I espouse. I use one that I've kind of boiled down over the years, and it's an extremely simple one. It's what I call the CPR process, which is capture, process, and report. That's it. No more complicated, no fancier, no special application to purchase, no, you know, very simple. You have stuff coming in that you have to take a hold of. You have to capture it. You then have to do something with that stuff. And finally, and this is the one where people kind of struggle a little bit, you have to report it to someone. And often that someone is you, which is a little wacky because you're going, wait, why would I report it to myself? I just captured it and processed it. But it's how you look at that information after the fact that becomes the reporting. So let's think about email. Everybody's favorite thing, email. So much of our work can come in through email channels. We can get tons of information, tons of requests. You get my favorite are the emails that have like eight tasks in the email. Oh, those will drive you nuts. Why? Because you have to capture all of that. And email doesn't necessarily lend itself to any particular system. It doesn't hand itself over easily to take those eight different things that you just got to do in that email and plug it into your system. You need to take it a little further. You need to figure out how to deconstruct it. So when you look at a platform and you look at your own platform, you have to say, okay, how does my platform handle incoming information? How can I get information into it? So I'm going to use the example of my most frequent platform currently, which is Notion. 
I have emails that come in and I can highlight a section of text in an email and I'll copy and paste it into Notion. It's not the most elegant process, but it works. It gets that piece of information into the tool and that's where I stop with it. I don't try to manipulate that piece of information in the tool at the same time I'm trying to capture it. See, that's one of the first keys to this. Using this CPR approach, this capture process report, you focus on getting this stuff into your system. So then you can deal with it, not dealing with it as you're getting it in. There are other systems that talk about doing it that way. I'm just not an advocate for those because I've never found it works for me. It totally may work, work for you. And if it does, fantastic. I think that's great. But for me, it's never really clicked. So now I'm capturing this information in. I've got these emails coming in. I'm deconstructing them. I may also have text messages that come across or chats that come across. Oh, I've got to do this. I've got to flag that. Great. The trick is, again, to get them all into my tool. Get them in there because I can manipulate them inside the tool. The process part from a functionality of your tool, now that's pretty much up to however the tool's built. Use something like Notion or SharePoint or Todoist or uh, TickTick or um, uh, Nosby or any number of different things. Evernote, OneNote, all the stuff goes in there. And every tool is a little bit different in how it allows you to move stuff around and organize it. What's important is setting aside time to do that. See, that's where most people get hung up with these kinds of platforms. They'll try to locate a platform that will do the processing for them. And that's where I find they get into trouble. Automated systems are really good at doing repetitive things. Take something, do something to it, move on to the next thing. Take something, do something to it, move on to the next thing. They're not good at interpreting. They're not good at understanding and nuance. There's a reason there's a difference between digital and analog. Digital is zero and one. Analog is everything in between zero and one. So when we look at our processes, it's important that, that we remain highly, highly engaged in the process of processing. That we're able to look at each of these items and say, oh, okay, this was an email that I got that I need to do this particular thing, but there's a little bit more to that. Maybe I need to dig into it a little bit further. By allocating time to process and understanding the value of said time. Now I'll, I'll dig into that a little bit. You give yourself the opportunity to work your system, to truly allow your tool to do what it needs to do for you, which is to support you as a business person. So let's talk about that value of time for a little bit. It's really tough in many cases dedicate time, especially if you do work that is time billable, where you're literally, literally exchanging your time for revenue. It's very difficult to have, quote, non-billable time. Uh, I come from a corporate space. I worked in corporate 
uh, environments for years and uh, decades, actually. That concept of non-utilized time, time that does not generate direct revenue, is often very much looked down upon. If you're a consultant or you're a developer or you're working in that time billable environment, often you can have environments where you need to work 80% of your time billable, 90% of your time billable. I've been in companies where they've expected 100% utilization as your goal. Well, anybody who has not fallen out of bed that day knows that 100% utilization is impossible. You can't do that because you have to have time to do administrative work and to do operational work. Not everything can be 100% billable, unless 100% is not actually 100%. 100% is actually 70% of your total time, and the expectation is you're going to give more than your allocated time to be able to do that admin work. That's a whole different talk that I'll do later on. But let's think about that time valuation. So as an individual, as an entrepreneur, as a solopreneur, I have to look at my time and say, what is my time worth? And in other talks, I'll talk about the difference between active and passive income. But let's talk about what is my time worth to me? When I am allocating time to process, I actually assign a value to that time. I put a dollar amount on it. And I mentioned earlier, I have fresh books that I use for tracking all of my time. I plug that time in. It's non-billable time, but I tie a dollar amount to it because I want to know what that time is going to get me. And if it means that I'm not going to waste a half hour, 45 minutes of accumulated revenue generating time trying to find information, trying to move projects forward, trying to keep things in order, that time has value significant value. So being able to allocate that and designate that in my schedule, physically putting it into my calendar, the people who I've seen most successful with this literally will have time blocked out in their calendar to say, look, this is my time. This is focus time. Matter of fact, a lot of applications nowadays are giving you that opportunity in your calendar to say, okay, one o'clock to three o'clock on Friday, that's focus time. I'm not going to allow any meetings during that time period. If you've got that level of control, it can be extremely empowering. It doesn't have to be you know, quite done that way. You may decide that my business day starts at 8 a.m., but I don't do anything client interactive till 9. I'm going to take that hour each morning to process what has to happen that day and what happened the previous day. That time that you've now allocated, if you use a methodology called time blocking, you can put it in your calendars, you can do however you want, but that time has significant value. Always remember that. So now I've gone through and I've started my processing and you may find that your processing hits a wall. Structures that you have don't facilitate the process. They don't help you move things forward. 
A lot of times that happens because you've gone out and you've chosen an application that said it would do all these kinds of things and it would be a wonderful addition to your, your suite of productivity tools. And yet it's not quite there. It's almost, but not quite. And now you're spending a lot of time trying to deal with the not quite part. Well, that's okay. You're going to have tools that fall short and you have to be able to give yourself an opportunity to say, you know, couldn't, couldn't handle that, could it? You kind of failed on me that way. And if it were an employee, if it were a staff member, you'd sit down with him and say, you know what, this situation came up and, and we kind of fell short there. How do we fix it? Well, the only conversation you get to have with that is yourself and the tool. And honestly, the tool is not going to answer you. So you have to come up with those alternatives on your own. Look at those use cases. And that's where that processing time is so critical, not only for new things, but for evaluation and understanding and historical analysis of the old things. Looking at tools that give you flexibility within the implementation, I have found consistently over the years has been the best approach for individuals and small businesses. Canned single purpose applications, while they may meet a specific need, often don't give you the latitude you need to be dynamic. There's an old saying, I can't remember who, who said it, somebody will pop it back to me in the chat, um, that there are two types of people who dance with elephants. There's the quick and the dead. Um, I think it's Zig Ziglar actually. Anyway, that's exactly what you have to be when you're small. You have to be quick, you have to be nimble, you have to be flexible. And if you're putting tools into your productivity platform that are supposed to be helping you, that are not flexible, well, you're not really helping yourself that much. So how do we go beyond that? Let's think about the flexibility piece. I'm gonna go back again to my, my favorite tool of, as a plate, which is Notion. Same thing applies to SharePoint. Same thing applies to many of the other applications. Tool that allows me to change on the fly without tearing everything down to ground level and building it up again can be extremely useful because it allows me to adapt to situations as they happen. I will add a caveat though. They can be like quicksand if you're not careful. There's a concept called the shiny object syndrome, where you'll get a new feature or a new, apps are terrible for this. You'll see a new app advertised that does everything that you're currently doing with this app, but it does one more thing that you can't do. It's like, oh, wow. If I could do that thing, I'll bet you my life would be better. I'll bet you my work would be better. I bet you I'd be more profitable. I'm gonna switch over from my application to application B now. You do realize that that whole time of switching from application A to application B is gonna chew up a lot of time. It's tough. Finally, reporting. Reporting is one of those things where being able to go through and say, okay, I want to be able to understand everything I just moved through. A tool that hides your information doesn't help you. A tool that makes it difficult to look at your information in different combinations and different perspectives and from different altitudes doesn't help you. 
It may move things through quickly, but what you need is that opportunity to kind of pick up the world. If, you've, if you're old school like me and you've seen a globe, you know, unfortunately many kids anymore have not, but if you see a globe, you get this view of the entire world. And I don't know of one person who hasn't gone out to a globe and just spun it to get a different perspective on the world. Well, that's what your tools have to be able to do. They have to be able to give you the opportunity to spin everything that's going on to get a different perspective. I've got somebody who wants to talk. This is cool. So I am going to hit the button and hopefully everything's going to work. So we're going to see. I'm tapping and it looks like I'm not even going to try and pronounce your name till you come on because I will make a terrible mess out of it. But here we go. All right. So my first guest is coming in. Three, two, one. I love the little countdown. That's great. All right. Hello. Hi, Art. How are you? Okay. Do me a favor first. I am Pronounce Ola. your first name for me so I don't make a mess out of it. Oh, you're funny. That's because your name's Art and you're like, but I don't want to break it up. Exactly. Okay. It's okay. My name it's Charente. Charente. Okay. Because I am absolutely mm -hmm. terrible with names and I just want to make sure that I get everybody's names as correct as I can. So what do you think? It's perfectly you, fine. Tell um, I. I will say this, um, what I think about the topic or what I, you want to get, ask me a question first, because I can answer the question, whatever it may be. No, no, I want to hear what's your idea on the topic. What do you use to make your business run? So for me, I use motion as well. I love motion. She's beautiful. I love her. Uh, motion helps me run my entire life. I'm, I'm a joke in my marriage, everything. Okay. It's all on there. And it helps a lot. Um, another thing that I will use for my productivity, for me, I I call this one a hack. I don't know if about productivity, but it's a hack. It's because um, I use dlvr.it and repurpose.io. dlvr.it, I use it to have, I post on Instagram and then I'll post to all my other social media platforms so that my message gets everywhere all okay. at once. And there are certain things that, I do not allow it to post on there. I just have to add certain hashtags and it will automatically not move it to the other places and spaces. Um, same concept for um, repurpose.io. That one's more for my videos, um, for it to post from YouTube to TikTok, TikTok to YouTube and TikTok to um, Instagram Reels. So I only have to post in one area. And that saves me on a lot of time because I have to make the video, I have to edit the video, and then I have to post it everywhere. That's a little bit too much work. <laughs> so I have so softwares that do it you've for You've really me. got, you've, yeah, and you're absolutely right. You've got to have the software to do it. You've got me curious now. What do you do? Oh, I am a mindset coach. Oh, okay. So you're doing yeah. content creation and sharing, or are you doing direct one-on-ones? How is this? I do content creation and sharing. I do one-on-ones as well as I do group coaching. I do all of it. Nice. Just little here, little there. And that's honestly for me to have a diversity because, um, how do I say this? Uh, I get bored sometimes if I keep doing the same old, same old. I, I have to have variability for myself mm -hmm. personally. So I make sure that depending on what situation is, it might call for a one-on-one. -on -one after a group session it may or may not it may work in the group session it just really all depends and then um i also do um the, the content creation 
so that I can add more value to other people. And then two, it's fun. Three, <laughs> because of the fact that it's one of my marketing tools that I put together within my business plan, in addition to other avenues. That's, that's really interesting. And I want to, I want to focus on the content creation piece a little bit, because a lot of times people who don't do content creation of, of a type have a, don't really understand the context that it is actually very similar to producing a product in many cases. It is a product. You have, yeah, you, you have a clear, I'm sure you have a clear repeatable process that you use to go through and generate your content correct i will i yeah i actually will say i do have repeatable because i've been doing this i've been doing this for i'll say less than a year but i think i am all about okay. systems and process and automation in my life i'm just going to be absolutely honest so okay. i do have a process and it generally looks like mm -hmm. i'm going to write down all my content ideas to me actually feeling like i want to record recording all of them in one day and doing a batch recording and then um, taking all of them into editing. After I go do all of my editing, then I start scheduling them out on um, different platforms so that they'll post. And whenever they do post, that's gonna transfer to all my other platforms. So it's one, two, three, four, five. Cause I do regular project management for, um, I still have another employer. So I do project management for them and I've been project managing for a few years now. So I do that approach when it comes to my personal business too. Interesting. So you're, you're in one of the situations where you're juggling not only, I would say a full-time regular engagement, but also this secondary engagement that you're growing and you're turning it into something bigger and bigger. That's correct. Is that correct? Yes. Good. Interesting. Now you, you said notion or motion. Because there's nothing motion called motion. Oh, so that's motion with an M. Mm -hmm. I use notion with an N. Ooh, what's um, that? Well, notion is, it's a wide open platform that is very similar to tools like SharePoint. It's designed to allow you to build pages of content and it uses a block metaphor to add in database tables and embed web parts and, um, uh, visual ties and videos and things like that. It's really designed to be openly flexible though. There's, there isn't any inherent structure in it. One of its biggest strengths is it is highly templatized. It allows you to create any page you want and then share it with the world as a template. And they can immediately take it and add it into their own notion environment and then make it what the, whatever they want to do. So there are thousands of notion templates out there for pretty much anything you would want to do. It, as I said, it's highly flexible, but it can also be highly frustrating because it is so flexible. You, you're not sure what direction to go. If I'm, if I'm correct in saying with motion, motion has more of a structure in it. Is that correct? Motion is more structure, but motion for me is my AI prioritizer. That's what I use that for, as well as it automatically does it for um, all of my calendar events, including me hanging out with my friends so that I could still have a personal okay. life and giving everyone my real time availability, depending on what certain link that they have access to. Interesting.
So you're you're one of the people who do this kind of like I do, where there's there's the classic phrase of, you know, I need to find work-life balance. And I saw a great meme the other day that said it shouldn't be work-life balance. It should be life-work balance um, because life is first and life lasts longer than work. I use the same tools to run my business that I do to run my life. Notion, for example, contains everything I have. My youngest son is getting ready to go back to college. Everything that I need to organize his return to college is in Notion, <laughs> along with all my client work and everything else, because it's easy to have one place to go and interact with it. I'm not saying it's the best place. I, mean, I could is. probably come up with something better somewhere else, but at least it's all there. So you make you a lot of sense. I personally use Evernote for okay. my life right now. Okay. I have a, a podcast host that I work with who is an Evernote consultant, and he's a huge Evernote advocate. He loves it. And I used to use Evernote for quite a while, but I've always been an, a OneNote guy, primarily because I've always been a Microsoft guy. But um, that kind of a tool for holding those notes and holding that information is critical. Do you use Evernote personally as well as professionally? Yes. I personally use it for my podcasting. I guess I have my templates for my podcasting as I have a script that I do mm -hmm. daily. Um, and then I also have it for um, when I'm doing my movie reviews that I do, as well as um, I organize for my business clients as well, because they'll get an Evernote link from me that includes um a link to the otter transcription of our entire conversation in addition to they'll get their homework assignments mm -hmm. with due dates on those homework assignments as well as any visual or any links that they need to go to go. to enact on different work that's also where i'll upload their um, worksheets to at the exact same time and it's all on one note for that session nice nice that's the type of thing when when you go back to what i was talking about earlier earlier that purpose of capture being able to have a trusted part of your system that that information is going to go into that you know you can interact with it when you have that opportunity is so critical is there is there one tip that because you're down just the last few seconds here is there one type of tip you would give everybody who's listening to this i would say this is that if you're thinking about doing anything when it comes to tools, there's one book that I would give you to read. It's called Indistractable by Naira Eel. Okay. And it's a yellow book. You can't miss it. Indistractable. It's an amazing thing. Excellent. That, cool. I'm going to add that to my reading list. I think I've heard of it before, but I have not added it to my list. I thank you so much for joining in in that. That's, it's great to hear similar but different perspectives on how tools get worked into things. And Motion, I have it up on my screen right now, I'm looking at it. That calendar control and that life control can be incredibly stressful if you don't have some way to keep everything aligned. And I think back, all of my kids are grown up. So I don't have the school scheduling as part of it anymore. But at one point when I had three kids in school at the same time and school calendars and homework and sporting activities and everything else. Folks, that's a career. <laughs> that's a career. Your life outside of work is actually more work 
than what you do at work, contrary to what they will tell you. They, you know, the, a business will tell you, this should be your focus. Well, you know, it's not. It will change, it will go away, but the life part is the most important piece. And when you are trying to run your business, especially if you're an individual and you're trying to get things going, that dividing line between where your life is and where you are is very gray. And you need to be able to say, well, maybe I can't break it down that tightly. Maybe I need to be able to chunk it up a little bit more and work when I'm comfortable with things and flex when I'm comfortable. Now, there's a lot of, I almost want to say entitlement tied to that. Information technology jobs and like I have and things like that can be very openly flexible and unrealistic as compared to jobs where customers have certain expectations of you will be here doing this during this time, you will be available to us during this time. It all comes with the types of business that you do. All of it takes adjustment, but it also makes it that much more important to be able to go in and say, hey, these tools that I have are here to help me out. And they have to help me because if they don't, they go. And that's the, the last thing I really wanted to talk about today is removing tools from your system, taking tools out of your platform. When I talk to customers, when I talk to clients, when I talk to people trying to get things started, I say the one thing I ask you to do before you put anything, anything in a tool is look at how do you get the information out of that tool. And it happens. You may change your mind about a tool. You may get in there and say, eh, it's not quite for me. Or the tool may go away. I've had a number of different tools over the years that I've put a lot of effort into only to have the companies go away. And especially if they're startups, they could be extremely promising startups. They could last a few years, but then the climate changes and the winds change and income changes and venture capitalists decide they want five times the return instead of three and the company goes away. Well, when that company goes away and that tool goes away, your life was in there maybe more than your work, maybe your entire world was in there. Looking at a tool from the beginning and saying, okay, I'm gonna be pragmatic about this and say, what happens if this goes squirrely, if it disappears on me? How do I get my stuff out of there? What can I do with it? That should be a key criteria in evaluating parts of your personal productivity system. It's critical because if you don't do that, you may get burned and then you're really gonna be hesitant about crossing that line again. It can be very difficult. As I said, the tools that I use across the board give me the option to pull the information out of them at any given time. It may not be something where I can pull it out and immediately put it into someplace else, but it does mean I can pull it out and still have it and still have access to it. But think about it. Think about how you work and how you operate and where you work. And put that on a list. Grab yourself the old school pen and yellow legal pad and start making that list of where do I want to be able to work on things? What do I need it to be able to hold? 
what do I want it to do with that information? Do I need to share that information with other people? How do I get that information out should it go away? All of those questions you should be asking of every tool in your system. And you should be asking that all the time. Constantly evaluate. I'm not saying constantly change because churn is a really, really bad thing. You don't want to churn in a productivity system. You do want to evaluate. You do want to adjust. And you do want to be aware of what those things are out there. The last piece of advice I'll give you is dealing with shiny object syndrome. We're always seeing new tools come out. We're seeing new functions. We get new promotions. We get new things. I'm looking at motion right now. It looks really cool. I like the calendar functioning. The worst possible thing I could do would be to pick up my calendar and drop it into a new tool right now. Because I don't know the tool. I don't know its capabilities. I don't know its functions. I don't know how to make it work for me. So how do I find something new? I sandbox it. I try it with dummy data or inconsequential. And I make that part of my system to say, I am going to take a little bit of time to look at what's out there and evaluate it, to shop and to understand. Often you will find features and functions in the tools that you use by looking at other tools. Or you'll look at it and say, hey, you know, that's a really cool thing, but my tool doesn't do it. But I'll bet you I can figure out a way to make it work or come really close to it or talk to a community or talk to a coach or talk to a consultant and find a way to do that thing that I need. It can be really empowering to be able to develop that understanding of the tools that you have. Remember, as an individual, as a solopreneur, as an entrepreneur, as a small business, dedicating time to optimizing how you work is as important, if not more important, than the work itself. Because if you're able to work less and accomplish more, that means you're going to be giving yourself the greatest gift that you can get. And that is not revenue. It is returned time to do what you want to do. I hope you like this talk. I hope you like this topic. I found this very energizing and I'm going to do more of these in the future. So if you like this, please follow. Um, I like having these conversations and I like seeing what people think about this. Uh, in future talks, please jump in as a guest. I'd love to hear what are their thoughts. Everybody have a good day and be productive. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen. If you found this episode useful, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share this podcast. It's a quick step for you, but it means a lot to us and goes a long way to helping us help others. Also, if you have ideas for future episodes or topics you'd like us to explore, drop us a line over at Gelwix Tech so that we can make this podcast even more useful for you. 